Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. If you're new here, my name is Sarah Davison James, and this podcast is all about up-leveling your health, learning how to thrive in your own skin, and build the skills you need to live life to the fullest. Now, before we get into today's episode, I want to make sure you guys are all aware of my Thrive with PCUS waitlist that is currently up through the link in my social media bios. Thrive with PCUS is going to be a membership-based program with daily workouts to help kickstart your PCUS recovery journey. For those of you that have been following me for a while now, you know how much I talk about the importance of building consistent habits. Consistency over time is what gets you lasting results in your PCUS journey. So many of you have been reaching out asking what workouts are best for PCUS and how to get more comfortable in the gym. Well, I'm here to solve those problems for you with the Thrive with PCUS membership. It's going to be cheaper than the price of a cup of coffee for the entire month, and you'll finally get access to beginner-friendly PCUS workouts that you can do in the comfort of your own home. So pause this podcast right now, go sign up for the waitlist through the link in my Instagram or TikTok bio to be the first to know when it launches. Okay, so we're going to start by addressing the elephant in the room here. I know it's been a hot minute since I posted my first episode, and for that, I'm sorry. Um, Honestly, life has just kind of gotten in the way. Things got crazy busy. And editing the last episode, so the first episode I posted, took what felt like five years. I'm not going to lie to you guys. And I love podcasting. I am so dedicated to it. Listening to podcasts has honestly changed my life. So I'm dedicated to making this work. But I think the amount of time it took to edit the last one kind of shook me a bit. And then things on TikTok started to blow up a little bit, which was super exciting. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to put that energy into TikTok. I've been getting better and more consistent about posting three videos a day over there, which is awesome. That did mean that podcasting took a bit of a break. But what didn't take a break is all of the exciting new stuff that I have for this podcast. I've got a long list of topics that I want to cover with you guys so many things to chat about so I'm super excited to get back in it and I do know from doing the social media game and all that fun stuff is that it is going to get easier quicker and more efficient over time thank you guys for bearing with me I promise this is going to be a consistent thing eventually when it's going to be consistent I honestly can't say for sure my goal is to have weekly episodes out for you guys and so just know that that is the long-term goal and I'm hoping to reach that sooner rather than later because podcasting really is the best way to connect with you guys on a deeper level really get in depth and in the nitty gritty details of what it takes to truly reverse your PCOS symptoms so you can absolutely thrive, live the best life possible. And so I can just be in your guys' ear literally all the time, which hopefully we all love. Now today I want to be talking to you guys about the impact chronic stress and lack of sleep has on your overall gut health and PCOS. It's a big cornerstone in reversing your PCOS symptoms and really up-leveling that quality of life that you have. This has actually been one of the biggest learning experiences and lessons that I've encountered over the last couple of years in terms of truly seeing massive results in reversing so many of my PCOS symptoms so it doesn't feel like I'm living with chronic illnesses. And it actually took me by surprise because I was actually diagnosed with PCOS as I was already starting my health coaching journey. So I had a lot of healthy practices in place. I was going to the gym consistently. I was already seeing a personal trainer. I was already in a lot of those habits in terms of diet and lifestyle, thinking that it's not going to have too many negative impacts on my PCOS, but I was still struggling with so many symptoms and it really felt like there was nothing I could do to get a period back and my gut health was going to be struggling forever. And I really went through so many roadblocks and it felt like I was beating my head against a wall because on paper I was doing everything right from a nutrition and workout perspective. I'm going to take you back to personal trainer, Sarah days, what that looked like and what my stress levels looked like, what my sleep schedule looked like and why that had such a massive impact on my gut health and PCOS and how that actually looked for me. I think it's so easy for you guys to see people online and talk about all these healthy skills and habits. It's really hard to actually connect the dots that this person did once struggle with all these symptoms that they are now trying to support you in. So at the time of me being a personal trainer, I was in still that hustle girl toxic mentality of really wanting to break the barrier with my career, make lots of money and change the current lifestyle that I was in. 
And there's nothing against that. But for me, when I get in that mindset, that just goes into stress and cortisol overdrive. It's not just like, oh, work hard for me. It's okay. Send it. Wake up with just this high level of intensity and it is just too much. It's not something that works well for me or any of my chronic illnesses and probably also had a massive impact on my chronic illnesses. So at the time, it was when I was a full-time personal trainer at Equinox, really wanting to build a name for myself, get into high performance numbers, which I was able to do within the first month of me working there, which is absolutely insane. A lot of people have the expectation of getting their trainers to high performance numbers within maybe nine months. And I did it within the first month of working there. And let me tell you, it was no easy feat. I was working crazy hours. I was there from 6 a.m. till probably 7 p.m. most days. And then I would work an additional day on Saturdays just to get extra sessions in to get those session counts up. And I was really driving myself to the bone. And I will say that I was putting this on myself. Even my managers had said, hey, Sarah, we just want to make sure you don't burn out. Like we want this to be a longevity thing for you. So this is not on Equinox. It was the pressure I put in myself. And reflecting back on that, it really made me realize that for me, the corporate structure doesn't work when I start to look at quality of life outside of just financial gain because the corporate structure works for my headspace in terms of being competitive, being numbers driven, wanting to grow businesses and thriving in that type of environment from a numbers and financial perspective. What I was losing sight of is that you have so many other aspects of your life that is so important and your quality of life has to come first. And unfortunately, my mindset when I'm put in a corporate environment, it, it just taps me way too much into my masculine energy way too much into my past toxic girl mentality as well. And I just get way too competitive within myself. It wasn't really against anyone else, but I just wanted to drive to see the best numbers and results possible. And when there are financial incentives to get higher performance numbers, that's just a recipe for disaster for my brain specifically. I can see why it works for some people, but for me and potentially some of you guys that are listening, just be mindful of, okay, just because I'm performing well in this area, what other aspects of my life am I sacrificing or are potentially taking way too much of a backseat to the detriment even of my own health because I'm going so aggressive in just this one aspect of life. That was a really hard thing to realize and come to terms with. I want to say fortunately and unfortunately, my body has just gotten to the point where it will give me these blatant signs that something needs to change to the point that I just can't ignore it anymore. And I am a lot more sensitive and in tune with that kind of stuff. And I'm better at making those quick decisions to change it because I can't live a crap quality of life anymore. I was stressing myself to the max, doing the best I could to get decent sleep, but it just wasn't enough hours. I honestly can't remember at that time, but I was probably getting maybe around seven hours of sleep. So it was average and I was still working out consistently and my nutrition was pretty decent. I was very mindful of nutrition. It wasn't like perfect, perfect on point, but it was still pretty decent. And so typically what we're taught in the health and wellness space, the diet, nutrition, fitness industry is if those things should be on point, then everything should be all good. And yeah, my body composition looked fine and I was very happy with it, but there are things outside of the way that you look that are so important for your health and quality of life. At that time, I was not getting a period. I was still having to take progesterone to induce a period because it wasn't happening frequently enough for me. And then as I got towards the end of my time there, because your body can usually compensate for a couple months as I stepped right back into my past toxic masculine energy, hustle girl culture stuff, which I talked with you guys a bit about on the previous first podcast episode. So I started working at Equinox in mid-September, did all the onboarding through September, October was my first month of high performance numbers. So it was my first month of real sales, immediately hit high performance numbers because I went at it so aggressively and then maintained that through November. 
And then December, I remember we shut down. There was like an additional COVID protocols that came in. I'm kind of fuzzy in the details at this point because it was a year ago now. But what I do remember is it was around that time that my body was starting to get so inflamed and hot. That's the easiest way I can describe it to you guys. I never experienced anything like that before, but I was literally radiating heat the entire time. I was sweaty all the time. It was getting really uncomfortable, even just lifting weights and demoing stuff to my clients. And I can't describe it. It wasn't like sharp shooting pains or anything like that, but it was just so uncomfortable to do these movements, but it was systemic everywhere. Everything was hot. Everything was uncomfortable. Everything was in pain. I was still working with my trainers at the time as well. And we were having to modify the exercises that we were doing because specifically my shoulders, which is where I carry a lot of tension, was getting really irritated at the time, which was super unfortunate. And that was kind of that first sign that it was like, something's not right. Something's not going well here. And it even still took me a little too long to clue in that it's the lifestyle that I'm currently living. I, I even fell into that victim mindset where I was like, oh, it's chronic illnesses. Why is this so hard for me? This is so frustrating. And yeah, there's an element of, of it that that's true where someone maybe that doesn't have PCOS and or hypothyroidism might not have gotten the level of inflammation that I had, but it's still your body giving you these signs that something is off, something is not right, and something needs to change. And for that, I'm actually really grateful. I think it's nice to have these indicator signs for your body if you are in tune, sensitive, and listening to it to say, hey, I really need to take a step back. Like this isn't good for me or my health. And to get those more immediate signs is actually a big gift. And another one of those signs was actually my gut health. That really started to plummet. And that it wasn't until reflection of this year over the last couple of months that I realized how much my lifestyle impacted my gut health, not just my nutrition. So this time last year, I was eating like pretty relatively healthy. It wasn't like your epitome of a rabbit eating all whole foods necessarily, but it was like, it was pretty good. I was aware of nutrition. It was important to me. Um, and it was, I remember December is when I was going to get blood work done because my stomach was getting so bloated and so uncomfortable like to the point that I would wake up in the morning and drink water and be bloated. The type of bloated that you feel after a Thanksgiving meal or whenever you've just eaten a lot and you feel like your stomach is extended out to the moon and back. Okay, I know that's a bit dramatic, but you get what I mean. And again, it was just these symptoms that I couldn't ignore. And especially after dealing with so much gut health stuff, it was really demoralizing and it made me feel really sad that I felt like I had gone back to square one with my gut health. And those are some of the conversations I was having in the doctor's office with my naturopathic doctor. And so that was finally the time that we decided to do a food sensitivity test. Those are quite expensive and they're not necessarily the first recommendation I would go to. Obviously you guys have to go through a doctor anyways. They can be quite expensive. They're not always the most reliable, but it had just gotten to a point where I was gluten and dairy free, but I was having these really insane gut health struggles. So it did make sense to have a blood test done at the time, but I had done two plus years of other gut healing stuff that didn't require the blood test. And now looking back on it, it was like, well, yeah, Sarah, it was probably your lifestyle that had the biggest impact, not necessarily the foods that you were eating. And so that blood test came back and it came back with candida and pretty much me being allergic to everything under the sun. And you guys, I am not being dramatic with that. Like I could eat meats. That was fine. Literally everything green I could not eat. Peas, lettuce, green peppers, pretty much all the vegetables. I do remember the one vegetable I could eat though was cauliflower. And for those of you that also have hypothyroidism, you know that cruciferous vegetables also aren't the most ideal for us. So I was like, okay, cool. Guess your girl's doing a lot of cauliflower. I remember garlic was being up there, eggs on top of everything else. There were so many other random food allergies. And that's when my naturopath did explain to me, 
when you're getting so many of these allergens coming up, this could be more of a sign of leaky gut. Now I'm not going to dive too much into leaky gut overall, just because a, that could be a whole nother podcast episode. And it's not necessarily the main topic I want to focus on here, but essentially part of it is you just get these really uncomfortable symptoms and it is an early warning sign for autoimmune illnesses and problems. So it does really tie hand in hand with the inflammatory responses that I was having, not only in my gut, but my entire body getting hot, radiating heat and not being able to move comfortably or even demo any exercises for my clients. I even remember at one point having to get the floor trainer to come and demo these like jumps that I wanted my client to do because like different joints were acting up. Like it was just not a good time. Anyways, so I had to go on this really strict gut healing anti-candida protocol for about four weeks. And then another six to eight weeks after that, it was reintroducing some of the foods to see if I really am actually allergic from them. And it was just this really strict, strict labor intensive gut healing protocol. It was not fun, it was super difficult, but it did actually help and make a massive difference. But the biggest thing that actually made a difference in my gut health journey in the big picture, which I didn't realize at the time, is that I made the decision to slow down my life dramatically. Now this came over the next coming months after doing that gut healing protocol, but I realized I couldn't sustain that kind of lifestyle at Equinox and I really wanted to go out and start my own business, which is why you guys now see me all on social media. I kind of just did it on a whim, decided to quit and go all in because I was like, you know what? There's this one life we've got to live. I want to live it to the fullest. I want to live my best and most authentic self possible. And unfortunately, seeing how my personality works within a corporate structure, I realized it just wasn't good for my overall health. Even towards the end of it, I was starting to get panic attacks for literally no reason. And these are all just signs that your body is under chronic stress and it is not coping well. And honestly, since then, my gut health has been so much better. And again, I hadn't really realized it until reflecting on over this last couple of months. I had no gut health issues after doing that strict protocol and then after quitting Equinox and focusing so much on sleep. Not to mention right after I quit Equinox and again was focusing on sleep, recovery, and reducing stress, my period has come back naturally and consistently with 35 to 38 day cycles month over month, which has been absolutely insane. So that was kind of that first indicator that I just need to be living a slow, quiet, chill life, which I think all of us do. The way society is set up today in terms of this hustle culture and we have to be fighting to make these companies rich at the detriment of our own health is absolutely insane to me. If you guys are still in that boat right now, I also feel you because that has been very much my vibe for a very long period of time. And it wasn't until my body consistently was shutting down, giving me multiple chronic illnesses and having panic attacks that I was like, I cannot do this anymore. So I guess that's a good thing about being sensitive. Anyways, so I had left Equinox. I've been starting this own online business and yes, I was working hard, but I was really dedicated to finding the balance. I would not wake up to an alarm clock. That is still a major thing for me. I, that is not the lifestyle I ever want to live or go back to. And I was pacing out my days and not allowing myself to get as stressed as I once was before, because I knew I just couldn't function that way. And then I did actually end up getting a part-time job as a hostess at a little restaurant that is close to to my building, which has been super nice. It just helps me get socialized out of the house. I realize as introvert as I am, and as much as I do love living alone, you still need a social aspect. And it's so easy to get caught up in your apartment when you live alone, work alone, and are building a business by yourself. So it's just been an amazing thing to be able to show up to. And of course, with that came a lot of really tasty food that isn't necessarily within the realm of what we would call anti-inflammatory or overly healthy. And so as I started working at the restaurant, I got a lot more into food and wine again, which has always been something that I've loved. 
and I did get more relaxed with my dairy and egg intolerances. I'm usually still pretty strict with gluten. I'm actually happy with gluten-free options and it just is one of the ones that freaks me out because that was the one I used to get the most severe reactions to. My stomach would immediately bloat. It would be super uncomfortable, so it just wouldn't be worth it. So I'm very used to that gluten-free lifestyle anymore and eating bread just never really felt worth it for the immediate symptoms that I got after. So now we're looking at the timeline of literally this past Christmas. And as I continued to work there, I wanted to try the treats. The food there is absolutely amazing. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna breathe. Like my gut health has been doing a lot better. So let's just kind of step into it, see what happens. And I was really towing the line, especially through December, even through November, and even through parts of January as well, as I really just started to let go, release. There was even a point I had an entire muffin, which I know sounds really stupid, but it was like a gluten muffin. And I had the entire thing and felt fine. And I kept having these instances, like I'd ordered a burger once and forgot to say gluten-free bun. And then it came with a regular gluten bun. And I was feeling like I just wanted to keep testing it because I'd had so many positive things happen with food where I could have stuff that normally would make me bloat and feel horrible immediately, but my gut was tolerating it a lot better. You know, when you give someone an inch and take a mile, that's kind of how I felt with my food allergies. And I wouldn't have it all the time, but every now and then I really felt like it was a massive treat after the last four years of very much being gluten and dairy free and then continuing to have to stack on these gut healing things because things weren't going well for me. Throughout the entire time, I kept waiting for like the other hat to drop, the other needle to drop where I would have these severe gut health problems again because this is always what's happened in the past. And honestly, you guys, that time never came. Yes, there were some mild symptoms and reactions. Like you can probably even look at my TikTok videos over the course of like December and a bit of January where I was getting a bit more acne and stuff like that. And I would experience bloating and a little bit more constipation, but nothing severe. So it's clear, yes, those are still inflammatory foods for me and they will still cause a reaction and it's not great for me to have on a very regular basis. But the fact that I could have these foods as treats and I definitely started to have them more frequently, which is where the skin stuff came through and I did start breaking out again but nothing ever turned severe and that was so wild to me and I was thinking about this time last year how strict I was having to go on a gut healing protocol because my reactions were getting so bad so severe and so rough yet I wasn't eating nearly as bad as I had this past holiday season and that's where I started to take a step back and, and take a look back at my lifestyle and reflect on what the changes were and I had already seen some of those changes come through as soon as I started to slow down I got my period back regularly always 35 38 day cycles which has been awesome and honestly let's just talk about the benefits of PCOS for someone that's not trying to get pregnant right now 35 38 day cycles slap it's enough to know that you are in a healthy range but it's not as frequent as every other woman so you know what we're just going to take that as a whim there are positive sides to chronic illness and I'm all about finding the silver linings when we can so it was really crazy to look back on how I was eating so much more unhealthy than I ever had honestly I would say in the last four years and for that prolonged period of time how much I was towing the line with gluten dairy eggs living my best life, even alcohol as well. Leading up to that, I hadn't really been drinking much ever since I had to do the strict gut healing protocol the year before and realized how much alcohol impacts gut health and I didn't really need it, how much it impacts sleep negatively. 
Yes, I would still have fun with it by all means, but it just wasn't those casual drinks every now and then. Now this past winter, I was working in hospitality again. I would want to have drinks at the bar, make new friends and all that kind of stuff. It was super fun. On paper, all of these things really should have added up to the worst gut health I've ever seen. And it was so not the case. And this is where I want to bring in that conversation of how important the mind gut connection is or the gut brain connection. You guys might be familiar with that term. Everything in your body is so interconnected and we need to be looking at our body as a this entire ecosystem where if one of your pillars of health, which is fitness, nutrition, and recovery is off, it is going to have a massive impact on your other two pillars. And even if you're doing your other two pillars perfectly, so for example, fitness and nutrition, if your recovery pillar is off and you're not sleeping and you are chronically stressed and just wreaking havoc on your nervous system, then your other two pillars, which will be your fitness and nutrition is going to be negatively impacted as well. And I know that's where it can seem overwhelming on this health and wellness journey because you're like three pillars of health, you know, it's hard enough to just get fitness and nutrition in. And that's what I'm talking about for your bigger picture goals. We wanna build these slow, sustainable habits to support your pillars of health so we can get you to an optimal state of living. Now this doesn't happen overnight. I mean, you guys can hear and are gonna continue to hear about my learning journeys and this has been years in the making. Hopefully information like this can help you guys move forward in a more efficient way to make those decisions on what works for your health the best. And it's crazy. I was even talking to one of my coworkers not too long and we were talking about gut health. She's having struggles with her gut health. And I mentioned, you know, 90% of your serotonin is produced in your gut. And I kind of forget that a lot of you guys don't know it because you haven't gone down so many of the rabbit holes that I have in terms of health and wellness, which is why you're coming to me to teach you more of the streamlined process. But yes, 90% of your serotonin is produced in your gut. So when we start to look at mood disorders and struggling with mental health, these aspects again come down to the pillars of health that you need to support in your life to get to an optimal state of living. And yes, I talk about the health and wellness practices of fitness, nutrition, and recovery, but optimal state of living also means that your mind needs to be optimally functioning. Your healthy practices or lack thereof are also gonna have an impact on your mental health. So I want you guys to be dedicated to the journey, the process, and everything that that comes with in terms of getting you to an optimal state of living and building these small sustainable habits that are going to make a massive difference on your health. We really need to move away from this mindset of, of doing these health practices for an aesthetic goal of getting skinnier, looking better, lifting heavier in the gym. While those goals are great, they aren't going to be the ones that can stick with you for a long period of time because they're a lot fleeting and they don't come down to a root cause of who you're trying to be. I totally understand the body composition goals. I still have that for myself, but on the days that you're really not feeling it or your mental health really isn't feeling it, those reasons alone aren't gonna be the thing that keep you on this consistent journey. So what I'd love for you guys to do as you get off this podcast is journal, meditate, think about what optimal living means to you what type of lifestyle you want to build and envision for yourself. Are there physical limitations you're currently experiencing because of the health situation that you're in? Are there things that you don't participate in? Do you just wake up with brain fog and are tired every day and are sick of feeling that way and are in more of an irritable mood because you are so tired? These are all things and symptoms that so many of us talk about I mean, how many times do you go into work and people are like, oh, I'm so tired today. I can't really focus, whatever. It is so common, but it should not be normalized because it's not how we are meant to live. You have got this one life that we know of, this one body to take you through this world. And there are so many beautiful things to be experienced. And so you need to relentlessly wake up in a chill way <laughs> every single day, choosing health and choosing those changes. 
Will your journey be perfect? Absolutely not. That is not the expectation. My journey is never perfect. It never will be. And I am learning to accept that. But will you still keep picking yourself back up because you know the cause that you are fighting for? And first and foremost, that is happiness. That is quality of life, being able to do whatever the heck you want to do in this world, because that is what we are put on this world to experience. And I truly believe that probably among a few other things, but for the topic of this episode, I really believe that we are put on this world to experience the beauty that earth has. You won't be able to experience the joys the same way you would if your mind's not clear, if your body isn't functioning at the best state that it can. And functioning at the best state that it can is going to look different person to person. That's why I guys want you to meditate, journal, whatever speaks and whatever calls to you to think about what optimal living looks like for you. Feel free to get crazy with it. I mean, feel free to get creative, but think about the symptoms that you want to reduce. Is it brain fog? Is it not being tired all the time? Is it inflammation? Your body being super hot, these chronic gut health issues. These are all reversible symptoms. You need to know this so that you can correct it and be dedicated to the journey because it will be a long one. This really is a lifetime journey and we need to snap our heads out of the fact of doing these quick little things to get weight loss, to get aesthetic goals, to get these superficial health goals because realistically, the main goal and the main reason you should be showing up for yourself on a consistent daily basis is to live a beautiful, amazing life and that all starts with our health. Each and every one of you is so beautiful, so worth it and I truly believe that you can live a life beyond your absolute wildest dreams but this all starts with mindset and then using the strategy to be able to up level your health those two combined is going to make you unstoppable and you need to have that unwavering mindset because there are going to be struggles along the way and me saying that isn't to discourage you guys in any which way but I just hate it when people think that you're supposed to get these quick and easy results and then people feel really discouraged when it doesn't happen to them and especially for us with chronic illness I never want you guys to use it for a victim mentality but at least have awareness and compassion for yourself that it might make the journey harder for you at times, but that's okay. It's building thicker skin. It is making you more resilient and and it is giving you better depth of character. I truly believe that nothing worth having ever comes in a place of your comfort zone or ever comes to you easy. And this is going to be one of those things. But trust me, as you start to see light at the end of the tunnel and as you start to see these symptoms dissolve and you can live a much happier, better quality of life, it is all going to be worth it. And the journey is going to become that much more enjoyable. And so again, if you guys haven't done this already, I do have a waitlist going for my Thrive with PCOS right now. Now it is just starting with daily workouts to build those small consistent habits to get you to that better quality of life. But I've got so many ideas for it as we get more subscribers to build habits in all three of your pillars of health, which would be fitness, nutrition, and recovery. So you guys can jump on the waitlist now. The links are in my Instagram and TikTok bio so we can all thrive with PCOS together. Until next time, I love you guys so much and we'll chat soon.